0: Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal, and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening
1: to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media.
2: So no, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for you. You were waiting for me. (laughs) I know, but, but I was thinking about this guest that we were having on this morning as I was getting ready. And I was kind of thinking about, um, I don't know if anybody will know what I'm talking about, but Saturday night live has like the five time host, like, yes, guest on there. And I was like, uh, Rose is getting close. She's been on the podcast three times. Well, she's been on the regular twice, but we've interviewed her at events. And right. She's dropped in. So I'm like, I'm thinking, um, obviously we have Rose Grant with us today. And I'm thinking, you know, we're gonna have to have you back at least two more times so we can get you a special <laughs> robe or something, Rose. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hello, it's so good to be here. Yes. Thank you for having me back.
1: Oh, of course. Of course. And Rose has the most festive background of any podcast guest we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, that makes me feel good. Cause I have never really indulged in, um, decorating too much for the holidays, but as a mom, that definitely changes. And I always kind of did the minimum of like, Oh, if we get a tree, we're doing great. But Layla did pretty much all the decorating this year. I just have everything in a couple bins and she even went out to the garage, pulled it inside and just went to town. So that was actually really helpful. <laughs> so I can, don't even think I can take credit for it. Yeah. How old is Layla? She's nine, but she turns 10 in March. Yeah. So she's capable and, you know, a good helper.
1: Yeah. That's a good age for that. Yeah,
3: for sure.
2: And it's that magic at Christmas is still very much present. So
3: it is, I know she, um, she knows the truth. Mr. Claus but you know we did do um, her elf the last few years and she still is you know having a lot of fun having her dad hide the elf for her every night and you know it's just a game but yeah it's still magical so.
1: It's that fun in between stage where you don't have to like fake everything I think but they still like love the magic of the season. Totally. The cheesiness right like
2: yeah. But, I mean, don't you think we all still believe in Santa Claus oh, just a little bit? I still
3: like to get gifts from Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's how I know I get my year supply of toothpaste on Santa comes.
3: Santa brings
1: you to <laughs> I'm not sure I want your Santa.
2: My Santa's the best. He's very practical. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so Christy mode. I know. <laughs> Dear Santa.
2: I would like, well, to- the my kids actually look forward to it because you know now they're at the age where they have to buy that stuff if Santa doesn't bring it. And so Santa stocks their their stockings goes full. To Costco. Of, yeah, of <laughs> all the stuff that they don't want to have to spend their money on. And it's practical. So I don't feel like I'm, you know, indulging them too much. So anyway. <laughs> That's so funny. I know. Okay. Hey, beyond Santa, Rose, we
1: wanted to I talked to you in Bentonville. We have a little chat. At your well, it wasn't your very last race of the season because you went to another one that was cold.
3: Ice um, man, come Iceman Iceman. Iceman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but it was probably your last like really big grand stage race. And so um you're ret- you you are retired, officially retired from professional racing after a long career. Um, and all of that is a mom, correct? Or most the majority of it is yeah. a
3: mom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I turned pro the same year I got pregnant. So I did have to, you know, work my way up through the ranks as a mom.
4: Well,
3: just just all Layla's ever known. Yeah. So, oh yeah.
1: I hadn't thought about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Give us um, just like the two minute summary of your career, just for people that don't know you or ha- haven't listened to that, you know, we did a podcast with you a full episode, but it was, I remember you were baking cause we were pandemic like deep in the pandemic and nobody was okay. doing the baking bread and
3: yeah sure absolutely yeah i i grew up in a small town um, in a you know my family kind of lived off the land and i have four brothers and we always were active and did a lot of outdoor activities but i think the opportunities to pursue sport where i lived just wasn't really an option to get plugged in and to have some of the resources that like the kids have now. But anyway, through um just a course of events or, you know, just following my path, I did stumble onto the bike through just after some running injuries when I was in my late 20s and started doing some local racing just because I'm, I did like to do competition and I was always competitive and found success there and was um invited to join a shop team a local team where uh this whole world that I never even knew existed was exposed to me and it was mesmerizing and exciting and I had talent and I was I I, I was good um and I raced one year amateur I was 29 at the time 2011 and I did a couple national races like marathon nationals and cross country nationals as an age grouper and won some titles and upgraded to pro in 2012 and also got pregnant with Layla in 2012. So She was born in 2013 and I raced for the shop team for a couple of years before I got on a little bit bigger team, the Stans women's team, which was mm-hmm. like, they're all pink kit um, 2015 race for them. And then. The Stan's Pivot Team, 2016 through 2020, with Chloe Woodruff and um, Keegan and Sophia and a couple. I think that was along the way, and then the Juliana Strand Pro Team the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, just you know, I think I went through it all in that amount of time. Um, parenthood, uh, you know, we all do. I think the adversities mm-hmm. just come with the adventure, but. Yeah. Just yeah, the chapter completed itself, you know, in just this year and newly retired.
2: Does it feel any different
3: yet? Yeah, it does. It does because I don't have this pressure on myself feeling like you know, it's like mental fatigue too of like yeah. you're at typically at this point, you know, mid December, I'm back into reincorporating training and structure and time in the gym and um you know right now i am you know my i have some goals um that i'm working toward but they're different and my activity is you know i i still it's important to me to still stay fit but i feel like okay what what's my standard of fitness going to look like at this point is mm-hmm. it going to be you know just to Maintain some activities and it's winter too here. So in November was super uninspiring, but um, yeah, it's sunk because I'm not, you know, planning next season. It, you know, next season is going to look a lot different for me. Oh,
2: it's going to be so fun.
3: <laughs> I agree. Honestly, I'm, I am really excited and sometimes I feel kind of sad. But when I really think about what it entails <laughs> to, If I were to be going back to racing, I'm not sad right? because it's very hard. It's, it's a lot of work. And I just feel like as Layla gets older and I feel like my priorities have shifted. And so I feel like I just don't have the space to put towards training that it does require to be at your best. And, and so at that point, you know, that's like just, it meant to be that I shouldn't be mm-hmm. going back to that space.
2: Well, Layla's going to have more and more activities. She's exactly, older. she yeah. does.
3: Yeah, you know, and it's like hard to go do these things that that are just for me. And it's been awesome, but you know, more than anything, it, I think it is important to have things that are just for us. But also, um, yeah, it does change, and I want I want to be a part of nurturing her in her endeavors, you know, Mm because she's at a point where that is, you know, it's just it's just the way it goes as your kids get older. So I think in a lot of ways it was easier to maintain that racing lifestyle when she was little because, you know, I could just she wasn't into her own, she didn't have her own schedule and her own things. And I'll just get to be more and more that way. But yeah. So anyway, it feels right.
2: Well, you're certainly gonna have some of those FOMO moments. During this next season, I'm sure. I'm sure.
3: But, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But letting it go, you know, it is. Um. It does take some humility at the same time, I think, to be able to just let the identity piece of my that identity piece of my life go, and you know, knowing that it does feel good to have success. Um, you know, partially just validation of your value you know and that's not that's just a small piece of where your value should come from but it feels good like there's no mm-hmm. way of getting around that um and having having have had a great successful career for the most part um you know there have been a few times where i thought am i really doing the right thing it took me a decade to get to where i'm at you know and i'm I'm finally you know making some money and um and now why is it why am i letting this go um but it's just about like following your heart and going where you're being led and so it's been a challenge too at the same time to kind of surrender that part of my life and what i fought for for so long and clung to and but just to be able to walk away from it and let allow the space for me to be retread, not really retired, but retread, I like what? to call it. I like that retread. Um, well, I was going to say, because
1: it's not like <clears throat> you or you all of a sudden were like, oh, my performance is suffering. Maybe it's a good time to go like you won Leadville last year. And did you end up
3: fifth in the Grand Prix? This year, I ended up fourth in the overall for the
1: so
4: Grand
3: Prix. Yeah, so yeah, you're in like still
1: see, seeing those top steps in the last few years. Um, yeah, which obviously um, you know, women do get stronger in endurance as they get. Not that you're old, but you know, as we get a little older, um like what went into that decision of now is the time. I know you mentioned Layla was a big part of it, and some of that mental. But kind of take us through that process of when were you like mm, maybe it's time and. Making that decision. Well,
3: I mean, it's tough because, you know, I always really tried to look at my career as one year at a time. um Most of my contracts were always a single year. And then in 2021, I signed a two year contract with Juliana Stram. And so at the end of 2021, I was like feeling a lot of conflict about maybe trying for another baby but also feeling like I did want to complete because knowing that if I did get pregnant and have another baby, it would probably most certainly be the end of my racing career, but then feeling just like having some conflict about that and feeling like I really wanted to finish out 2022. And so that's what I did. Um, But I have had just some chronic back glute pain (laughs) that I haven't been able to figure out. Um, Even working with ever athlete, my strength and conditioning coach and um, being pretty good about my recovery and stretching routines. And I just don't know if it's due to previous injuries or imbalances or getting older or, you know, and I did just turn 40, which no, it's not old, but it does feel, I do feel different. Mm-hmm. I do feel like trying to keep up with the young kids, you know, <laughs> the, you know, I'm 15 years older than so many, even more than that, than a lot of these girls, which is awesome, too, because I feel like I definitely also have an advantage um, in some areas, but also some areas feel so hard. Um, But, so it's kind of been tugging at me, you know, as far as not knowing if I would continue racing or when I was going to be done for a while. And I just kind of like have navigated that as I go one year at a time and, um, and as opportunities present themselves. And so I just felt for multiple reasons with the Grand Prix and some sponsorship obligations and opportunities that I just really needed to finish out 2022. Um, but also knowing that I have been, this has been my plan really since I started the 2022 race season. So, um, which really helped me a lot mm. in 2021 mm-hmm. when I was like, is this going to be my last year? Cause I had a great year in 2021 too. Like I won a lot of races and, um, things just really seemed to be in sync for me. And, um, and I can't remember where exactly I was going with that, but, um, yeah, it just, it didn't quite feel right. And I just needed to finish out the season um, of 2022. So yeah, that's what I did. And oh, oh, I know what i was gonna say is in 2021, when this was at the back of my mind, I wasn't expressing it, or I wasn't um, communicating that I was going to be done at the end of 2021, because I didn't, I didn't know for sure. And I did not want to say anything to any of my sponsors, or, you know, maybe I said to some of my peers that, I was thinking about it, but, you know, I didn't want, I don't know. I just didn't want to lose opportunities, That just in case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so at the beginning of 2022, I knew like, okay, this for sure is going to be the last year. Um, Cause also, you know, there, for other reasons too, just feeling tired, um, a little burned out, just feeling like the season's here do make it challenging to be a cyclist year round um and every year I felt like I was coming into the spring just a little bit further behind as to where I felt like I should be and it took me a little longer into the season to feel race fit to where I wanted to be and I think part of that's just is age and it's also maybe being unwilling to commit what is needed to commit. <laughs> you know, Mm
0: -hmm. during
3: the winter season at home of like, you know what, I'm not going to do over two hours on the trainer. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to go ski. And if I come into this early races, not feeling great, like that is what it is. That just, I think performance wasn't important enough to me anymore to, um, sacrifice some Mm -hmm. of the things that I had previously been willing to sacrifice. And so just for quality of life and I, I've, I've, you know, I spent winters in the basement solo for many years and I finally got to a point of like, this is so unhealthy. Like I am not <laughs> happy doing this. And the reward of a good performance is just not enough. And I think too, it's like, well, there's other women at this point that I know they want to win more than me. And I'm, you know, just at a point where, I didn't want to make those sacrifices anymore. Um, so at the beginning of 2022, I started communicating very openly with all of my partners and, and that helped me mentally kind of prepare to, for, and them prepare for, you know, my retirement from r- racing professionally at the end. And it gave everybody, you know, a good time for planning. And I don't know, I just felt like being able to talk openly about it because I was very sure that that was the right decision for me was really helpful in just um, allowing that transition to happen.
1: I really think, I think I talked to you about this at Big Sugar, but I think that one of your legacies on the sport, besides your amazing performances, is showing a path for women that you can Mm -hmm. be a mom and you can race because- like we, we look at mountain biking and gravel cycling, <clears throat> there aren't many racing at the point in, like, I can't actually no. think of anybody, <laughs> like there's Christy probably can, but, and they're like, those women that are getting to those stages in life where they're like, well, now I'm married, I kind of want to have a kid, can I do both? And until you can see somebody that, you know, you can see like a path, it's really hard to lead that. So what, like, did you have any examples when you started doing this and how did you, like, how did you figure out how to navigate that?
3: It is really hard. It feels very conflicting. Um, and I feel bad, you know, that that does play into how our careers sometimes can play out as women. Um, and when I was, I was 30, when I had Layla and just really entering into this new chapter of my life of bike racing, I had zero expectations. Like I had no idea um where one year to the next was going to take me or us or you know if it was going to work out or what was going to happen and um i just did it and i've always been really really driven and pretty much i don't know determined and stubborn too i guess that <laughs> if i wanted to do something i was going to figure out a way to do it and my mom thankfully too has been a really big help over the last my career really because um, my husband, you know, he, he's been supportive, but, you know, he's a police officer too. And, you know, he has interests that don't involve traveling around with me to bike racing. <laughs> and so, you know, it does require support. It is, it requires a lot of support. And I think that's something that maybe, you know, cause it's like, well, I don't want to, uh, yes, it's possible. But also it's really hard. And I've always, you know, I think it's hard to maybe always show how people do things. Like, you know, Aaron Huck, how are they doing things? Well, they do have a nanny, like, and Emily Joy Newsom, she's a mom. Her daughter must be what, six or seven. Um yeah. <laughs> she's very accomplished and she's still traveling to Europe. And and I don't know what her support system looks like, but she has to have a pretty strong one um, at home to be able to do that because I don't know if, if her daughter traveled with her or not. But um, it does require a really strong support system, which also involves typically a lot of extra money, <laughs> you know, if you're traveling with your child or, you know, paying for a nanny or whatever. So it, it is a different level of commitment to be able to do professional athletics and choose to be a mom, you know? And so it's definitely not easy. And um, I think it takes a lot of determination, (laughs) but it is possible. Yeah, I just, Michelle- Oh, sorry. Oh, I think it was easier to having Layla at the beginning of my career Mm -hmm. and not having expectations rather than growing, you know, a successful career, and then having a baby and then maybe just really struggling, finding a rhythm of, you know, wanting it to try to feel like it used to feel, but you're really a different person and so much has changed. Mm-hmm. Your priorities have shifted Um, to try to find that after you've been doing it for several years. I almost think I probably had it easier because I had her early on in my
2: career. That makes career. sense actually. Yeah.
3: yeah. I think so.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to start to see a shift in mom athletes, like we've seen it in triathlon, because feisty mean you know, we cover a lot of triathlon. So Chelsea Sidero won yeah. the Olympic championship, yeah, eighteen month old. Yeah, you know, some of the big athletes like Marina Caffrey. you know, she chose not to race actually because she at that Ironman level because she's like, now I have two kids, and like, yeah, kind of some of the things you said. Um, so we're starting to see like women don't just fade in the background when they have kids, and they might make a choice. Like I still want to race at the highest level or maybe I have to take a step back and all of those are valid choices. They're all valid. yeah.
3: And it's just, and it's all seasons too. Like maybe you step Mm -hmm. back for, it depends on how old you are too, but if you step back for a couple of years and, and then you, you, I mean, there's always opportunity to go back, but, and I've talked to a couple of race promoters about, you know, how can race promoters support mothers Mm -hmm. too. And, um, just trying to open up more discussions about that. Um, But it's tricky. I think the other
1: thing I just um, heard Michelle Obama was on an interview uh, on some show, you know, she's touring her new book. And one of the things she pointed out was because, you know, in the White House, she was like, we needed so much support doing the job being the first lady. But this is the first, we're the first generation where the nuclear family is like the family unit. And always before it was like a village to raise your children. So it sounds like you Mm -hmm. really had that. Um, oh, yeah maybe the com- I know the community in whitefish is a really strong community as well
3: it is yeah, it's, it is an awesome community, yeah, and as more mothers have entered into the sport, you know, with Aaron and um who else I can't think of very many, but um I don't know, I feel like there's or I guess Sonia Looney and you know there's like this there's this bond where you don't really understand each other or what it's like until you've actually done it mm-hmm. and kind of realize like it does create challenges too. Um, and how do we work through those challenges together? So that's good too, to see more women having babies, but yeah, cause it's fun. <laughs> it's hard. It's a, I mean, that's a, that's a major thing to choose not to do if, that's what you choose not to do. You know, I think for anyone, there has to be some conflict over that for any of us gals.
2: Well, and I keep thinking, I mean, you think about Layla watching you. I mean, what an amazing role model, like for her to see this, it just, it just is going to make it, it's going to make it easier as we go forward for more women, you know, she grows up for more women to choose that path if they, if they want to, because the systems hopefully follow along with that and are in place to make it easier. Um, you know, I think, I think we're all, I, I can't imagine there'd ever be a time where women aren't the traditional, you know, caregiver.
3: Um, yeah. I don't think, I mean, I, mean, I, I can't yeah, even imagine on like, turning
2: that over for me. Like, you know, yeah. I, that's what I wanted to do. So like yeah, I, I, I loved it. So not, not, a, not every minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. And that's where it's really important to have something that's your own, to, yeah. you know, it, you know, develop a talent that is for you and yeah, exactly. to have that outside of that, you know, it's important mother role. And yeah, it's really healthy to have both. And I've always said that having one has, you know, being a mom and a wife and having a house and like all these responsibilities outside of racing in a way has also made me a better athlete. And I just feel as a a whole, my life has been just more fulfilling to know that, yeah, you know, it's my life's not just one dimensional as much. Yeah. Well, rumor has it. You're going to start taking
1: up some coaching.
3: Uh, Yeah, I am. I've been working towards my coaching credentials. And I, it's been really neat since even just since Iceman got over the offers and opportunities that I've been presented with, Mm -hmm. and feeling like I don't want to give away all my time. Like I haven't quite figured out what I want to do yet. But it could, it could be so I'm kind of being really careful about my commitments at this point. But um, yeah, coaching, mentorship, I love just a support role for the women pr- primarily. And, you know, as women, I think we all need some more support. So, <laughs> um, I feel like I can offer more value in that role now than just being between the tape, you know? Um, and I'm excited about it. So my coach from the past seven years or so is Jason Tullis and he owns um championship coaching and so I'm going to be a coach for him Uh, I'll be a go TANAC coach initially and he he'll be just a fantastic mentor also just because I feel like yes I'm a great mentor and you know I I know sometimes what to say but when when it comes to the scientific data and all of that can just be a little over my head and so I have a lot to learn in that realm, um, but he'll be just a great mentor for that part of coaching. And so, yeah, that, and then just, I'm I'm going to be, well, a passion of mine that I've had my whole life. And I did when I was young as uh, horses and oh, nice. I'm going to be getting back involved with horses. And um, yeah, I don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but maybe some training and just, yeah, kind of diving back in. But it's been about 20 years since I've done much riding or horse training or anything like that. So I'm really, really excited. A cowgirl in me has never really gone away. And so I'm ready to bring her back out. (laughs) Well, um, Well,
1: Rose, we actually have something we've never done on a podcast before that we wanted to do today to celebrate your career. So we invited three women who you have impacted, who wanted to come in and say a few things to you. So I'm going to let them into the podcast recording. Oh, no way. <laughs> to live your healthiest life possible. You need to understand what's going on inside inside tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body inside tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. InsideTracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about InsideTracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and when it gets better, for a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit InsideTracker.com/feisty. That's tracker dot com slash so spicy. And we've got Jess Sarah coming on. You're muted, Jess. And Surprise.
4: Nikki Peterson. <laughs> what?
3: And Hi, Evan Long coming Bye. in. No way. Well, you're muted
1: just so you know. So yeah, we just wanted to give, um, some women like, oh gosh, I'm getting choked up about this stuff. I, know, I'm so I, know.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I got a little, I got a few little tears here. Um, you know, I just, I, I think Catherine brought this idea up and I thought it was brilliant just because you've had such an impact, um, in cycling, but in specific it, into the women's, into the women's field. And you've inspired a ton of these ladies, obviously, um, to be their best and do their best and 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 go forward in their path. So her idea was to to surprise you with a little um, kind of a obviously it's not a going away gift because you're still here, but just letting them <laughs> share <some laughs> words about about how you've impacted their their lives and their careers. So who wants to Aww. kick us off?
4: I guess.
5: So. Oh, Nikki. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hi, Nikki. <laughs> hi, I can talk. Uh for days. No. Um, but seriously, I think for starters, like everyone in this room has impacted me. Like um I was a privateer my last year and I spent a lot of time with Evelyn and Rose and their team. Like they just brought me in like I was a part of their team and it wasn't ever like no one batted an eye. Um and so that was really nice just to feel like I had community, like even when I potentially could have felt like I was alone. Um, and then Jess, obviously like with her event and we've kind of gone through a transition at the same time in life. So it's been fun to share those stories, but I think like Rose for you specifically, um, several things stand out to me. The first thing is just your dedication to doing like your personal best. Like you've gone through a lot of injuries, a lot of hardships, like on and off the bike, but your dedication to your job and your sport, And just like the grace that you've had through it all has been really inspiring for me. And so it's really um, like helped me through a lot of hard times as well. And then I think the biggest thing for me is just that racing is a big part of all of our lives and training and working hard. But like our friendship is about so much more than the competition. And so you've helped me like honestly through some of the darkest times of my lives, like I've been sitting in a room and randomly gotten a phone call from you just to check in to see how I'm doing. And I don't think you have any idea like how much it's helped me through everything. So I think for me, it's just been learning that you can surround yourself with people that set big goals and work really hard and they can just like enrich your life and pick you up when you need it the most, and you can do the same for them. So thank you. Thank you, Nikki.
3: And you have also been there for me and, that's one of the most beautiful things about this sport is the relationships that I've built with all of you and, and many others. And, and then just realizing that retirement doesn't mean that those relationships go away. And even though we might not cross paths at the races as often, just to continue to put the energy into nurturing those because um, they are really, really special and really important. And, Thank
6: you. Hi, Jess. Hi, Rose. Funny thing is, is Rose is only like 15 minutes away from me. (laughs) I know.
3: And we cannot seem to coordinate our schedules to get together.
6: I think we saw each other more when I didn't live in Montana full time. (laughs) We got to change that. I know we do. Let's go skiing. Let's do it. So for those of you who don't know, Rose and I live like 15 minutes away from each other in Montana. We are both grew up in Montana. And before I moved back full time, I used to come home in the summer. And that's how I actually met Rose at sort of a multi-sport adventure race called the Glacier Challenge, where you kayak, you run, you mountain bike, and you road bike, and you do all of those sports several times throughout the day. And I, I thought that I was hot stuff and I was going to win every year. And then everyone was like, oh, there's this girl Rose. Like, you're really going to have to watch out for her. And I was like, yeah, whatever Rose. And she, she was coming for me. (laughs) So that's how we first met. And then ironically, I think we have only raced together one other time. I've managed, I've managed to escape having to race against you. (laughs) I I know, even with gravel it's so, it's so crazy to me, but I've never had to live through the winters here. Like Rose has racing full-time and her dedication is astonishing. And when, when I say that, I mean like the entire town, this is a very close knit town. Like they know that Rose puts in the work and she does a lot of it alone on her trainer. And it's just like, (laughs) it's incredible what she's done, um, you know, on her own like Nikki mentioned, our careers have paralleled with a lot of injuries. And I think that's how we have really bonded because I mean, I think I can speak for both of us. Like we both wanted to give up several times or probably wondered like if our bodies could even go back and do the things that we believe they were capable of Um, some pretty significant injuries, but uh, Rose is my Montana soul sister. You're very special to me. And I'm I'm glad that we're in this time together now where uh, the last couple of years has been me doing like three out of five of Rose's intervals on her wheel and then being like, okay, bye.
4: So now we, <laughs>
3: get now we just get to ride for fun. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Thank you, Jess. I love you. Love you too.
4: All right, Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> OK, um, yeah, I guess uh, I know Rose is super humble, so um, I'm sure she's feeling really, you're feeling really, really comfortable just having everyone. Uh, I think my
3: face is a little bit warm. <laughs>
4: <laughs> just pay tributes to you. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, just the past couple of years being on Juliana with you has been really special. Um, and it's been amazing because, I mean, I feel like we're very almost polar opposite type of people. Um, and it's been incredible learning from you. Um, and just, yeah, like Nikki and Jess have mentioned, like your dedication, um, is something that's unparalleled, um, just riding the trainer in, Montana, but not only that, just like when you have your eyes on a goal, it's incredible to see like you like be like just buckle down and focus on that single mindedly. Um, like, for example, Leadville, like just the way you prepare for that is it's like it shows people how it really needs to be done. Um, and I think that there's pretty much no one else I've seen without work ethic. Um, but yeah, not only that, um, outside of racing, like you're an incredible mother um, and just like you're, I mean, I've eavesdropped on a lot of calls with you and Layla this <laughs> past couple of years. <laughs> and that's honestly one of my favorite parts of trips is just hearing you interact with Layla and how that is like. Like, yeah, you're dedicated to racing, but more so you're dedicated to Layla and you're dedicated to being a mom. Um, and um, so, yeah, thanks for teaching me a lot about how to be a good human. Aww. And you're your welcome. lists. <laughs> the lists are amazing, too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, they they don't go anywhere. You know, I, I always have something going. <laughs>
4: <Perfect>. <laughs> Do you have Layla's uh, latest to-do list?
3: Uh, no. Oh, I know. I think she erased that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Evelyn. Yes. I've learned a lot from all of you ladies also. And I think just the grace and the empathy that we've been able to share, you know, goes both ways and that's really special. And just the support that, you know, we can offer to each other as peers and as friends, um, comes first, you know, way beyond comp, comp- competitors, um, you know, or I could be battle. Oh, Evelyn, I, you know, we've battled plenty and, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, like you're really not even my competitor. Um,
1: You're my friend. Mm Yeah. Well, I love all these, um, and thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jess, for arranging everybody to come on. I was like, Jess, I don't know how to even call. (laughs) Like, so she (laughs) she helped me out um, getting everybody on the call and everybody for taking some time this morning. And I think not only like celebrating you, Rose, but like what happens within the women's community of cycling that sometimes you don't see. And especially this year, I feel like there's been a lot of quote unquote gravel beef with the men. And I'm like, it's just like noise, right? Because when you look at the women and all the ways they're supporting each other and celebrating each other and like competing together to make each other better. And I think this perfectly demonstrates that. And we get to celebrate somebody that's really contributed and and given a lot over the years. Um, It's fun to be able to do.
5: I think it's such a good example also for the younger athletes coming up um, to be able to like see the camaraderie and to see the friendships like outside of the race. Um, So I think that's something that's really important to like, like Layla is obviously seeing that um, even if you don't realize like how much she sees it, you know? And then even just like my work with Nika, like I see, girls forming friendships and I've had some girls like ask me like oh you've you've ridden with Rose Grant before or like you've ridden with Evelyn Dong or all these people because like we share our adventures on social media too so like at Sea Otter I was there for the first time with the Reno Devo team and the day after the Grand Prix race Rose and I did like a five-hour adventure ride and we rode up to our family cabin actually and it was like really fun. I chose not to race at Sea Otter so that I would be able to keep up with Rose on the training ride. Um, But like the questions that I got from kids after about being able to go out and ride with her was, I thought it was really cool because it's something that I think we take for granted because we all are such good friends. But from the outside perspective, like a lot of people, men and women, boys and girls, like truly, I think, admire that. So that's pretty cool. I love that.
1: Well, um, Rose, you kind of told us you're you're looking into coaching. Are we going to see you um,
3: lining up on any start lines
1: next year for fun?
3: Well, if any, it would be local races. So um, like the, last the last best ride, last ride. of course. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Jess's just, just race, the last best ride. Awesome. And everyone has, Chrissy, you came, right?
2: Yes.
4: Yeah. Okay.
3: I was gonna say everyone except for Evelyn has been to it. So on this call at least. So Evelyn, you should come okay and I'm then maybe about it. Yeah. And then maybe just I don't know, maybe some local races. I don't think this next year, but we'll see, you know.
2: Yeah. That's the thing is you get to do it if you want to. I don't think anybody's yeah. gonna turn you away from a packed start line. So
3: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I will keep an open mind. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know exactly what my calendar looks like. I assume I'll do some traveling for race for events and racing. Um, but it hasn't all quite come together yet. All right. Well, do you, do you have
1: a website or just Instagram if people are interested? I know you're like figuring out if you want to do the coaching thing or not, but I have a feeling there are going to be some people that are interested if you decide you want to go that route. So
3: yeah. Yeah. I think, um, do have a website it's rose-grant.com um I haven't done a very good job at updating it but once things get going with coaching I will add information to that and then but you can reach out through Instagram anytime and then um yeah or you can actually send me an email through my website also so then Instagram's just at rose k grant
1: okay last question from our la- from our pandemic podcast. Are you still baking? Will there be more time for baking? Of
3: course. Oh, yes. <laughs> always baking, always cooking. <laughs> That's just a piece of who I am.
2: Well, I can't believe this is a great way to end the year. So thanks to seeing all of your faces yeah. on here, Rose. It's You've been an inspiration and I hope you know that. I hope you're really feeling that from this.
3: I feel very honored you guys. Thank you so much. I love you all. And, you know, and there's, you know, there's so many women that, um, that I just, you know, I just feel so fortunate to have shared the memories and the conversations and bonded through a lot of adversity. And um, it's really special. And that's my biggest takeaway from this whole chapter of my life. So thank you all. Thank you.
6: Thanks for putting this together, Catherine and Christy. This is really fun. We could have filled this up with like a whole party. <laughs> I was like, we can't have too many people. We can't have. Like <laughs> it can't be a three-hour podcast.
1: <laughs> well, well, thanks to everybody again.
4: Thank you. Thank you.
1: You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast.